0: welcome to Pick a Little, Talk a Little, the podcast where we talk about the most important thing, musicals. I, as always, am your host, Gabrielle Gazelowitz, and with me today is... Emily Goforth. Yay! Yay! Thank
1: you for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule to come here. You do a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Um, As a warning for anybody listening, I've just come off six days of, like, 14 to 16-hour tech days, so I am tired. (laughs) So, on the show, generally what we do is we take a show
0: and a musical and we go through it. Usually, song by song as a guide and we look through the plot and we talk about what works, what doesn't. Intersectional feminism usually comes up. I have a feeling with Emily here and with the show today this is going to... Why don't you tell them what show we're talking about today?
1: Uh, we're talking about hairspray. So there's there's a lot going on in hairspray. <laughs> um, yeah. So- Good and bad and in between.
0: For those of you who do not know, or who know and like hearing it anyway, Hairspray is a Broadway musical from 2002 based on the John Waters non-musical film of 1988. Well, the music is by Mark Shaman, the lyrics are by Shaman and his both writing and romantic partner Scott Whitman. The book's by Mark O'Donnell and Thomas Meehan. It's probably how you pronounce Meehan. So, and before we go, we'll just talk about like like our personal experiences with the musical, which I think, You also trump on this one, so I'll just start and I'll say, I know the music really well, like anyone else who was 11 in 2002. I've seen the original movie, I've seen the musical movie, which we won't really be talking about. When it's relevant we'll talk about the connection to the Waters film, but we're trying to judge the work on its own merits. And I've read the libretto multiple times and like seen some like YouTube clips. I did not actually see it when I was on
1: Broadway, so. I did not see it when it was on Broadway either. Quick shout out to the 1988 movie. It's fucking great but um I worked on a production of it five years ago so I have seen an absurd amount of performances for the John Engman theater so it was a fall spot on it
0: to get right into it we open the show with a number and it's good morning Baltimore <laughs> based on your arm gestures do you like um, good morning Baltimore
1: you can't say good morning Baltimore and not have like your arms all the way out and do weird head motions I was just belts. in Baltimore you can't not sing it when you're so in Baltimore. So we got
0: there at like noon, yeah. and I was like, I'm Tracy Turnblad. In Good Morning Baltimore, the very first thing we do is we're introduced to our protagonist, Tracy Turnblad. I love Tracy.
1: She's adorable.
0: She's adorable. So as the show goes on, I'm going to alternate between like how annoyed I am at her. What it comes down to is she's a high school student. Yeah. And she's like a high school student who's a fangirl of things. Yeah. Yeah. On the one hand, she's kind of annoying. On the other hand, I think we all see a little bit of ourselves in Tracy. <laughs> so, so, another thing we're going to look at the show going forward is whether or not the writers are writing fake 60s music. Yeah. Because they kind of do on and off. Yeah. Yeah. And Good Morning Baltimore, they only sort of do. Yeah. I like don't it, think it even tries. Really I to think be it 60s. does. Like, this starts with the do 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 Oh, well, that's fair. It does a really, really good job of introducing the main character and setting tone. It's true. Which is really what you want from an opening number, and it's It's a memorable, fun song. Tracy is, like, she cannot be put down. It's amazing because our very first perspective of her is just how excited she is to greet the world, and that she has this kind of warped, rosy perspective because she's excited about, like, the flasher who lives next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best part about that number are the rats. And we know that she's, like, into dancing and, like, teen pop culture, there is one line in the song that bugs me, which is what hungry is for something that I can't eat. Does she mean like hungry for ambition? Is it a fat joke? Like obviously I think it's a fat some- joke. I don't I know. It's a fat
1: joke. There well, are so many fat jokes in the show. So also,
0: going on in the show, neither of us are black and neither of us are fat. It's true. There's going to be a lot of us being like, I wonder if people are offended by this. So that's that disclaimer that, made of yeah. us. Yeah, feel free to tweet at us angrily or nicely if you have... A perspective that we do not have it's a groovy song Tracy goes to school so we're introduced to Tracy pretty soon after we're already on to the next number which is Tracy and her best friend penny
1: penny can make or break the show is something that I learned penny and seaweed their chemistry has to like exist yeah in the show and if you don't it loses so much air and if penny is just awkward and uncomfortable The entire show is awkward and uncomfortable. She
0: also speaks in these sort of like semi-dumb one-liners. Yeah.
1: And if you can't pull it off
0: and you just seem awkward with it, oh my god, it's miserable. Yeah, but Penny and Tracy are watching this like local access live dance teen show. Okay, here's the thing about the Corny Collins show that that is sort of weird. But, like, they're freaking out, like, these people are celebrities. Like, I watched Zoom. I understand <laughs> being like, it's Caroline! Oh my god. But, like, they didn't go to high school with me. So,
1: Tracy, like, sees these people every, every day. day. Right. For some reason, I never actually considered that. Yeah, like, and it, it comes up in our She's like, oh, like, it goes cool yeah. with you.
0: They're like, yeah, we've, like, seen you around. And, like, Link is, like, in her gym class. <laughs> but Penny and Tracy <laughs> are watching the Corny Collins show, which we're introduced to with the nicest kids in town which is also fun
1: it's just it's so peppy it's like <laughs> hi i'm but insert name here because i don't remember everyone's names right luckily now.
0: i have the list amber brad tammy fender brenda sketchy Shelley, iq literally. iq is the best <laughs> i like nicest kids in town because tracy has this weird relationship with her own education that like isn't too mm. serious it's like a few throwaway jokes but you get where she's coming from if she's like bought in to this ideal and the song sings things like, you can always do your homework on the morning bus. Yes. Can't tell a verb from a noun. They're the oh nicest kids in
1: town. So I was listening to it this morning and I heard that and I was just like uh, <laughs> and just groaning and I'm like I hope to God there's no student who can't tell the difference between, between a verb, verb and, and a noun. Well you don't need a cap and gown because you're the nicest kid <laughs> in town.
0: But That's an amazing lyric. It's weird that Tracy both has and hasn't bought into this. She, she thinks has. she's fully bought into it But then, like, she hasn't internalized any of the body-shaming stuff. Like, she doesn't see a problem with the way she looks, which is great, but sort of, like, you know, how that happened. And she's racially progressive. Oh, so this is the number where we meet Edna. And you wanted to express your frustration with Edna as a character. I am, I think you can cast anyone as Edna. And in the original movie, John Waters cast Divine. And it's, like, one of Divine's iconic drag roles. Are you against all drag as being, like, misogynistic or trans misogynistic? Okay, so,
1: so, I mean, I mean drag culture, I mean, it started with mostly trans women were participating in, in drag, and it was a way of expression and a way of safety for a lot of trans people. What it has developed into is in a lot of cis gay men, and cis women white gay men participating in drag which very much was not the case when it first started but it does have a new cultural context now when you when you see it if you're gonna talk about drag and its origins that's one thing if you're gonna just put a man in a dress and then poke fun at it for two hours which does happen throughout the musical that's what you feel hairspray um, does yes hairspray hairspray does it in every number that edna is in
0: So if you think it's a staging thing, like then it's a production to production type of issue. I think the text doesn't, I don't, and I'm sure I could be missing things, don't see real issues with her in the text. Is that she's, Edna is this really interesting character who has this whole arc and obviously casting and direction from there are really interesting. But that she's Tracy's mom and she's also fat and she has internalized mm-hmm. all of the messages society sent to her and she, like, is a shut-in and she had these dreams of being a designer for refer, which she calls, I think, like, queen as in plus-size women yes. that, like, she's yes. never been able to do. And, like, she has this really loving husband who really likes her the way she is. Yes. Like, there's, there's a lot of really good things going on with Edna.
1: Yeah, and it would be great if you cast a woman in it. Hey, it's a lot. Yeah. But there's nothing in the text right. to support that it is drag. It is just... Um, it is... A woman character who is played by man. So, during the course of
0: this number, we also meet the Von Tussels. Yes. Velma, who essentially are villains. Yeah. So Velma like runs the, the TV station yes. and her daughter Amber is on the show, and Velma's pushing Amber to be the star, and Amber is dating Link, the object of Tracy's affections, and Amber and Link are sort of like, Oh, I guess we're going steady. We also meet Corny Collins Corny Colin. Yeah. Who, I, we'll get into Corny a little bit later. So we so we encounter Link and Tracy is just like screaming like, Link, kiss me like at the TV. Which is like, I don't think I ever did quite that. With the cast of Zoom or <laughs> or, or with anyone else. Um, I
1: don't think I did that as a kid. The culture around uh, fanning over things is very different as an adult. So Well, you like Hamilton. <laughs> I do like Hamilton. I was like, we all
0: know what you're talking mean, about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> We also meet Tracy's father, Wilbur. He runs a joke shop. It's not super important. He's not super important, but they do announce on the show that they're going to be holding auditions mm-hmm. for the show. Tracy's immediately like, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. And her father says like, oh, you should go for it. Like, if this is what you want, like, follow your dream. And her mother is very, like, frightened, essentially. Like, she doesn't want her to do it because she says says something like, um, they don't put people like us on TV except to be laughed at.
1: Yeah. Which is, see, a really interesting thing for that
0: character to say if you're saying that they put her on stage for her to be
1: laughed at. Yes. So I always read that line as, they're just not going to cast you. Why would you go?
0: Oh, I thought she was saying, like, when they say except to be laughed at, they mean, like...
1: Either she'll be put on screen just to be laughed at, or her going to the audition, she'll just be there and she'll be laughed at.
0: Well oh, so we also after this meet Prudy, Penny's mom.
1: Awful, awful racist number one. Right? Which is why we're gonna put number two Yeah,
0: well we're gonna put a pin in that until the end of the musical because I have a theory that the end of hairspray is styled off of the end of the three penny opera
1: interesting
0: but for now yeah prudy is penny's overbearing racist mom yeah um so we see tracy and her mom and penny and her mom and amber and her mom all arguing and it leads us into "Mama, i'm a big girl now mama mm-hmm. i'm a big girl now does come fairly close to the sort of fake 60s pop that they're going yeah. for or a little bit closer without making it like not accessible because this musical really 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 tries to have mass market appeal oh my god and yes. succeeds it succeeds Anyway, so, Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now is a really nice song. Like, I don't know why Amber long. and Velma are in the song. Like, I don't know why they're like. I know it's like girls and they're moms, but it's like now we have like the villain couple, and like. And like the yeah. song is about how much like Amber wants to like have sex with men. Is like her It's really the song. uncomfortable.
1: It's yeah. really uncomfortable, right?
0: I think there's a line about
1: like. Now I I that I'm a bigger woman, men I want. Bigger men. Also, wait a second.
0: What year was Ken invented. Is this an anachronism? I'm gonna call it. So Ken was introduced one year before this musical takes place. So we've discovered that Amber's a dweeb. Yeah. He plays with it's, it's like space balls. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy physically bumps into Link or he and he bumps into her and he says one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven words to her and that is enough to inspire this song i can hear the bells is a very 60s song it's it a song is, like it is like uh, so a my link. my um friends had this coffee table book called hairspray mm-hmm. the roots that was like highlights of the libretto and then behind the scenes stuff uh-huh. they added the obligatory thing about like the song ends with them dying just because in the 60s all the teen romance songs ended with people dying, dying? for no reason yeah. i i like i can hear the bells i think it's, it's cute. like a good 60 percent of songs in this musical it's cute It reminds us a certain thing about a certain character, which is, in this case, like, Tracy's, like, imaginative, like, power? Her imagination is one of the things that fuels her ambition and her drive.
1: It's really cute. A lot of this, I mean, a lot of this musical is really cute. Um, I think it's one of the songs that falls into the trap. Um, Like, with Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now, um, and a couple songs that happen later, a little too long. They go on for ages, and... The music is kind of monotonous, so if it does that, I just like just calm yeah, down a it's like bit. it's
0: it's repetitive. It's very repetitive. Um, though in in the show, like and it's one thing on the cast recording. In the show, a lot of these numbers are broken up by yeah. like dialogue, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, maybe even it's more true. so in some other shows. Such is not the case for I Can Hear the Bells. Yeah. So Tracy decides to proceed and audition, and everyone immediately sort of attacks her, and we get the legend of Miss Baltimore Crabs,
1: which is. <laughs> such a song like what do you even say about this song it's i don't know i weirdly adore this villain song oh okay it's awful the song is terrible
0: so i don't i like weirdly don't have very strong opinions about the song so could you explain what you mean okay
1: i love hate this song is is what i feel about the song just because it's ridiculous ridiculous it's Miss Baltimore Crabs. It's supposed to be ridiculous every time that she says Miss Baltimore, Baltimore Crabs Baltimore Crabs. Oh you God. lose your shit. I just got because, that. Yeah. It's absurd. That's something on the else. Entire
0: is, planet in the eighty eight movie, yeah. like Amber has two parents that are like business people together yeah. and like pro segregation together. Yes, and in this, she's just like, oh, I married a guy, and then he and he was
1: old and rich
0: and died and left me
1: all this money, <laughs> and you now I will I will take over everything. I do. She's the very take over the world type type of character, and I enjoy those. Characters.
0: I yeah, she's she is ruthless. I do like yeah. her, her reference to the other girls in Miss Baltimore Crabs back in the day. Yes. They patted their c- cups, but I screwed the judge.
1: But I screwed the judges.
0: Like, I hate yeah. her. She's terrible.
1: That's, like, yeah. some hardcore shit.
0: But She just yeah. did
1: not give a fuck.
0: And th- But throughout the song, they're just, like, making fat jokes at Tracy. Yeah. Who is trying to rebut them. And, f- yeah. and finally, really they awful. ask her, would you swim in an integrated pool? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, sure. It's, yeah. like, the new cool thing is integration, which is, like... Oh, honey. This is the first yeah. sign we get of that, and this yeah. is going to be more and more and more. But yeah, still, it
1: happens all the time. Like she, She's like, it's cool. Or but like, she this but is, She, she does. Just says, this is the new frontier. It's like, yeah. yeah. Did she say that during the show? She song? says, I'm all for integration, it's the new, new frontier, frontier, is the response to yeah. the question. I'm sorry, honey, this is not Star Trek. This is real life.
0: Based on Tracy being both fat and pro-integration, they kick her out without even letting her dance. And yeah. we also see, meanwhile...
1: Little Inez. Little Inez comes into audition,
0: and they they obviously just turn her away right away because she's black.
1: And this is happening, like, all throughout. So I had a fun story. I had just graduated high school, and I was follow-spotting for this show. And I decided to read The Walking Dead for the first time. But I was reading it, and I totally missed my call. So my spot comes up, and I'm just reading The Walking Dead. And I'm like... Shit! <laughs> and like throw this because like I had the compendium so it was massive so it also looked ridiculous. So I'm throwing this massive tome of like a comic book and like grab my spot and just like point it down. And this is like they were, like Tracy was running across like went into the audience and was running across. Oh. So I had to like pick her up. I, it was ridiculous. So I couldn't even like see her from my sitting position. It was a mess. But anyway, I remembered because Little Liness came on the stage and she oh. dances and she was amazing.
0: So we get back to school and Tracy's in detention because her hair was too high. And you can get detention yes. for that. Sort you of can thing. get
1: detention for that. Uh yeah. Which, um
0: so detention is integrated and Tracy meets Seaweed. Seaweed is amazing. Seaweed is the best. Seaweed is God bless cr- Seaweed. Seaweed is maybe the best character in the he show. He is
1: the best character in the show. Hands down.
0: And and because it's detention, they're just doing whatever. Seaweed is teaching Tracy how to dance. He and his friends are like, "Oh, like, you can dance, this is fun. And Tracy's like, you're all black people, this is so fun, essentially.
1: I think she says that at some point. during. This the- is
0: where she says, we're quoting the libretto, so excuse the language, because there's once a oh, month they yes. have, quote-unquote, Negro Day on the TV show, and she yes. says, Negro Day is the best. I wish every day, day was Negro Day.
1: day. Oh my god she was so uncomfortable
0: and the seaweed really takes her in stride <laughs> um, but i wish
1: he would call her out instead
0: he doesn't um anyway they get caught dancing in detention so they stick tracy in special ed <laughs> and she goes what happens in special ed and um one of the other guys goes musicals and like that's the joke is that like special ed is just for kids who are like unmotivated or created academically or creative or whatever and yeah. it's like I don't know why they're going to put the special ed kids versus, like, the mainstream kids in a dodgeball game later on. Yes. Anyway, also special ed is integrated, so Tracy, by misbehaving, has now just made a subtle political statement. Sure. (laughs) Good for you, Tracy. Um... So Tracy goes to a dance uh, that Corny Collins is guest hosting, and... She does the dance that Seaweed taught her to get Corny's attention. Mm-hmm. She literally takes the line. I looked it up. The name of Seaweed's dance is The Hottie. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, what's that dance? And she says exactly what Seaweed said about it. And it's yeah. like,
1: oh my God, Tracy, yeah. no. Okay, so I have something to say about this. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of oh my God, Tracy, no moments. But also, I think, on a meta level, the show does that as well. Throughout the show, there are moments where all of a sudden black people appear and saying, like, Black people music. Welcome to the '60s. Welcome to the '60s. Does it? Good morning, Baltimore. Does it? Yeah. With Tracy doing this, it happens in all the big numbers where all of a sudden, like three women show up and they're singing. It's like little their shop. music. There are air quotes there. Yeah. With that, and um, it's really uncomfortable and uncomfortable in that the book and composers themselves that are deciding to interpose this in a way that's like. Hey, we have our normal '60s music. I brought this up in our black Big River episode. Music. Do you
0: know the song "Random Black Girl Singing the Soul"? Yes. Yeah. It applies to a lot of the shows we talk about. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, also,
0: what's weird about this scene is so they have the segregated dancing, and Lorraine, who's one of the black ensemblists, mm-hmm. says, "Why do we always have to dance at the back?" And seaweed says, "I don't know. It's just the way it is." They're saying like they're saying it like they're being like, "Hey, seaweed, have you noticed this whole racist
1: segregation <laughs> thing?" And he's like. You know what? That's weird! It's lazy writing when it comes down to it. If you're gonna handle the subject in the first place, you might as well do it respectfully. And throughout the show, it is not handled respectfully. Especially with scenes like that where Seaweed has like a throwaway line about not knowing about segregation or not recognizing it.
0: But, um, Tracy culturally appropriating her friend's dance gets her on the Courtney Collins show. Yep. So, so... I also don't know how much Tracy's taking a stand and how much she's oblivious because she's appearing on the Corny Collins show. She's blowing up and she's famous. It's great. And Corny interviews her by way of introduction. And the very first thing that she does is say that if she were president, she would make everyday Negro day. And like, and you know, Velma like off camera and the sponsors are all like shock and Corny is kind of like, all right, kids today like black people. I guess I'm cool (laughs) with that. And also, he's essentially like, we should have black and fat people on the show because fat and black people watch our show. Yes, but also, like, you you really have no depth to you, Courtney Collins, which is yes. fine because he's a minor character. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know why Tracy says this. I think she, like, thinks she's being a little bit transgressive and cool but doesn't
1: realize, like, quite how edgy she's being is my guess. I don't think it's Tracy that made that choice. Oh. Within the world of the show, I have no idea why she would say that. Because it yeah. doesn't make any sense. She's someone else so, who seems to be
0: confused by racism and segregation, and it's like, you're yeah. a white teenage girl in Baltimore. You have to know that segregation is happening around This you.
1: is why it's really hard for me to talk about it as like the characters making choices. Because stuff like that, the concept of her existing anywhere in the United States in the 60s, and not understanding that segregation exists, makes no sense.
0: I mean, Tracy is someone who's very much in her own head to yes. a dangerous degree. It's true. Anyway, they do get linked to welcome her on the show by singing her a love song, and I think it takes two is adorable and it a better sixty satire song than most. Yes, because it's like filled with cultural references, little jabs at sexism, which is which is fine. And there's like a nice harmony going on in the back.
1: Yeah, yeah. A, it's a it's a cute song. It doesn't go on for too long.
0: It ends with him kissing her, which yeah. he like does like for the camera, or maybe yeah. does he? I don't know because Link has no like thoughts or feelings of his own, which they also sort of address. <laughs> you know the sexy lamp trope about women in film. Yeah, he's that. That's in the that's shows. a really cool thing about yeah. Hairspray is it's the dude who is the sexy lamp. It's true. Yeah, so Link is a sexy lamp. Mm-hmm. Tracy makes quite a splash both positively and negatively her first day on the TV show. When she comes back home, now that she's succeeded at what she wanted to do, her mom is really proud of her. Yes.
1: The relationship between her and Edna is beautiful.
0: Yeah. Really sweet. Well, yes. because now we get Welcome to the 60s. So they get a call from a plus-size clothing store in Baltimore asking Tracy to be their, like, teen, like, yes. spokesperson. Yes. And Tracy's like, we'll be there right away with my agent, who is my mom.
1: And This so- yeah. the song is my jam. I just, I put it on, when it came on this morning, I lost it because I forgot how much I love this song. I, like, I just instantly am, like, dancing and I'm like...
0: Okay, all the other issues about Anna aside, we get this makeover scene for her mm-hmm. that's so wonderful it is, is that really the entire wonderful. like first half of the show she's wearing like curlers in a row and like a yeah. mommu and like doesn't leave her apartment as a rule because yeah. just like does laundry inside the apartment yeah. and like worries about her mom. daughter and yeah. like bemoans her dreams. yes. and Tracy convinces her to come out and you don't have anything like it where you have this like, large middle-aged woman have the moment where all of a sudden she's, like, transformed into something really glamorous and, like, gets to, like, sing her heart out about it. Yeah. And it's really, really nice. It's really, really nice. You're right. Welcome to the 60s is just a super great song.
1: It's not too long, which is beautiful. I
0: never even noticed the length issue and now I, like, can't not see it. Yeah. So back at school the next day, because the kids on this, like, local, like, who are local celebrities all go to high school with, like, everyone else Mm -hmm. at school. Mm -hmm. They end up in a dodgeball tournament, like a dodgeball game that's a certain gym class versus Tracy's new gym class being yeah. like the integrated yeah. special ed class. And they just immediately get viciously bullied. And Amber is mean, like she really, is. really, really mean. She is. And when she tries to be mean to Tracy, Tracy's not, like it's not that her feelings aren't hurt, but she's very, she doesn't act like a victim. Yeah, She's very like recalcitrant and talks back and she doesn't let Amber figuratively get her down yes she does literally let her get her down because she gets knocked out by a dodgeball to the face can i have a brief sidebar about that yes okay so when i
1: was young i was bullied by other girls and there was a dodgeball this this like scene in my life where everyone was hitting with me with dodgeballs so the leader of this group i took a dodgeball and i hit her in the head which was on purpose and she was very hurt. <laughs> and I got... Physically hurt. hurt. She was physically hurt. She didn't think she was fine. Oh, but she, like was, she was hurt. upset. I mean, mean, there was a dodgeball that hit her in the head that hurt. Um, but anyway, I got in trouble for hitting her in that. And I was like, I got hit by like 50 dodgeballs. But anyway, so I, I feels yeah. crazy
0: on this on this subject. Dodgeball is no joke. We all have traumatic experiences with dodgeball. in mean, yes. elementary school. The kind of people who are like, oh, I have fond memories of dodgeball in elementary school are not the mm. kind of people I, I talk to anymore. I associate anymore. with, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> Tracy's knocked unconscious, and everyone else clears out, and left behind is Link, Penny, Seaweed, and Tracy. Yes. And Seaweed invites everyone over to his mom's record shop for, like, a record party. A record party. What do they call it? Just, my mom's hosting a party, he says, at our record shop. And this is also the first time we get, like, maybe a little bit of a spark of something between Penny and Seaweed. Yeah. And that's, like, important that you actually start it when you get the chance, rather than randomly, like, another, like, act into the musical. I'm like, oh, also they're in love. Yes. Oh, God. So we have Run and Tell That. So before we talk about Run and Tell That, the prefix to the song is, Penny says, imagine being invited places by colored people. And Tracy says, it feels so hip. To which Seaweed just responds, glad you feel that way, because not everyone else does. It's like, Siwi, do you not have friends? You definitely have friends. You're on TV once a month. Your mom has a really cool record shop. We know you have friends. We've seen you with them. Why are you hanging with these people? Or like if you're hanging with them, like we could get why you're hanging with them. But like, why are you not like telling them to shut up? Yeah. Like he's not like, all right, you know what's cool? It's not like making weird references at me all the time. It's like Run and Tell That is a fun song, but like I can't help but think about like a bunch of white men writing this show in the song. Yeah. Like, no. that he's singing, like, the black or the berry, the sweet or the juice. Like, if not a, like, white man wrote the song, I might feel less weird about.
1: Okay. So, this show likes to compare people to food. Which yeah. Which happens, what's the other song that that happens in? It happens in another th- song. I think it's Edna's song. With Wilbur. Yeah. Stinky but Cheese. Stinky Cheese. Yes, that song. And it feels really, really weird for one black people and then fat women To be compared to food. Because these are like the two groups that the show has decided are outcasts. Then they get this similar comparison to non-human things throughout the songs about them.
0: Let's put a note in that for Edna's part in the finale.
1: Yeah. It's a motif throughout the show. It's
0: it's a fun song and we meet little Inez like as a character and she's great. Yeah, Seaweed's little sister. She's
1: adorable. I love her.
0: So... We meet Motormouth Mabel, Mabel, who's Seaweed's mom, mm-hmm. and the DJ on the Corny Collins show one day a month. Mm-hmm. And she's really cool. And all of a sudden, everyone shows up at the record store. And it's like, it's funny. They play it off and there's reasons for everyone. It's a gag. Like then there's a line where it's, any more white people and it'll be a suburb. <laughs> so everyone is kind of mad at everyone. I'm so, it's like, I'm so tired. It's like, Vilma and Amber are leaving in a huff. And Amber says, like, let's go, Link. And he says, Amber, like, you're being rude to these people. And she, like, goes, like, Link, come. And, like, the stage direction is, like, as if to a dog. Yes. And he doesn't even know what to do because he's, like, so, he, like, doesn't leave, but he's so immobilized by, like, Absolutely. his lack of agency. Yeah. That he just needs a woman telling him what to do, and he's essentially like there more or less because of Tracy. So he's just like, do I like Tracy or Amber? Which of them am I going to let boss me around? Oh, and Amber does say, whatever happened to the bland dominated boy I fell in love with? Which is Does she? She does say that. So then we have Tracy literally tell this room full of black people, we're going to crash white day tomorrow. Yeah. And integrate the TV show. And they're like, we've tried to integrate the TV show. And she's like, well, I'm here to help you actually do it. Because what you need is a a white white ally to take control of your movement. So, yeah. Like, Seaweed calls Tracy revolutionary. And eventually they're all just like, all right, Tracy. Like, you seem to know what's going on. Like, 16-year-old white girl who, like, can barely show up to school on time. Yeah,
1: And Seaweed's been on the show, what, longer than she has? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't understand. And Tracy, well, Tracy says, like, it's what's right. It's what we should do. Tracy says segregation is wrong. Link says, I guess I really only ever think about myself and I've been working too hard to let it go, which is like, well, at least he's saying something.
1: Yeah.
0: And Tracy's parents are, well, her dad is once again supportive because that's his shtick. Yeah. And Edna is not so supportive, so uh, Motormouth Maybell convinces her and leads them on to the protest at the mm-hmm. studio mm-hmm. with Big Blonde and Beautiful. So, like, yeah. I, I promise I'm capable of, like, liking musicals and, like, turning off the part of my brain that's critical. But now that oh, we've, like, but now that, like, we've decided we're not going to not do that, I'm just, shh. So Big Blonde and Beautiful, it's like, all right, if Maybell wants to be blonde, that's cool.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But there's a very explicit reference in the song to, like, before she was beautiful, having, like, brown and nappy hair.
1: Yeah.
0: It li- literally, those it are literally the words. It says that, yeah. And that, like, she feels glamorous when she becomes blonde. And it's just a little bit like, you are, like, white men writing this show. Yeah. And yeah. also the song is fine. So Too whoever well. is playing Maybel, it has to be a really good singer and, yeah. like, has to have a really big presence. And when it's sort of the random black girl singing the soul trope is, I think, one of the problems. Mm -hmm. Whenever there's a character like her, writers Mm -hmm. expect her to carry mediocre music. Yeah. It does matter what she's singing, and she makes Big Blonde and Beautiful sound good, but it's not a good song. It's not a good song.
1: But yeah, you really need Maybelle to have an amazing, amazing voice.
0: And also, this song is the act one closer, which is such a bummer because it's not... Like dramatically, what's child. happening on stage, which is everyone getting like arrested yeah. en masse is like is a good Interesting. W- is like a good way to end Act One. But like but the, the
1: song in and of itself is not like an Act One finale, right? Yeah. But we open
0: Act Two with the Big Doll House, which I think is a fun number. Oh my god, it is a fun number. Again, it, there are like more racist. fat jokes about
1: Edna. Fat- also fat, that. Yeah. There's also
0: a lot of weird. How many stereotypes
1: can we like fit into one song that would yes. happen in like an all ladies prison? Yes. There's prostitution, there's there's a lot of things that happen in it, and the I, I think the prostitute is Latina in it, and yeah. it like has like a ridiculously stereotypical... Yeah, she says, hey mommy. Yeah. Yeah, the music is,
0: is perfectly fun, there's parts that Staging are... Staging of it is There's fun. parts, yeah, and there's parts that are fun to sing along with. At the end of the song, they let out, um, I don't even know why Velma and Amber were arrested, just kind of on accident, just because they were arrested. They're everyone. They yeah. So Wilbur, Tracy's dad, shows up, he's bailed everyone out because he's just a great guy, he's mortgaged his joke shop to do shut do so. Yeah. Tracy has to stay in jail because the Von Tussels are politically connected, okay. Because plot. So yeah, so then we have we have the Good Morning Baltimore reprise, which I think would have been a better Act One closer.
1: I agree. Ooh, yeah. I didn't think about that. That would make more. Maybe sense
0: it was there. just like the way the timing of the show worked out, because this is probably like Five to ten
1: minutes into act two. Mm-hmm. Because it all segues. You basically just have light changes. Everyone's still on stage, at, at least usually in the productions of it. But it just yeah. smoothly segues into everybody in different jail sales.
0: You know, there's dramaturgically and then there's practically. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, back at Tracy's house, her parents are like upset and worried about her, but mm-hmm. they do take the time to sing You're Timeless to Me. Which is a perfectly cute song. Which is a perfectly cute (laughs) song, and it's nice that they're this, like, middle-aged couple that's still in love, and it's, like, and it's, you know, it's a little bit silly.
1: Is this the song where she's, no, it's not the song where Edna is compared to food.
0: Yes, it is. It is. It does say, um, you're like a stinky old cheese, babe. You're just getting riper with age. Yes. But it, um, but then he also
1: compares her to fatal disease. But overall it's very, very cute and they have a wonderful relationship and it's adorable. Which yeah. is nice to see parents that are like Help parents that like each other. Yeah. Parents that like each other are like functional in a romantic holiday. relationships in yeah. media. End yeah. of statement. <laughs> end of statement. It's nice to see them.
0: Yeah. Because then we go back to Tracy's little budding teen romance and Link mm. sneaks into jail to visit her and pretty much to just reassert the fact that he has absolutely no backbone. He's like, I snuck in to visit you and like I was going to like tell the station that I'm backing out of the the national televised broadcast of our show that's coming up. She's like, and you did? He's like, no, no, no of course no I didn't. didn't. <laughs> and he, he gives her like the ring, the going steady ring that he had given to Amber because he just needs validation from other human beings. And since he's a straight guy, it happens to be whichever woman he likes, which is okay, fine, whatever. I don't care. But we sing without love, which is such a good song. You not I don't I see your face. Do you not No, like, I was okay. I was trying to remember the song, which is probably not a good song. <laughs> don't make me
1: sing it. But no, it is a cute song. And it's
0: it. and it's another song that's full of like cute pop culture references. Yes. Though I remember I was telling my parents, I was like, Can you explain the Doris Day at the Apollo joke? And they're like, well, it was like black entertainment, and Doris Day was like quintessential white entertainment. Also, in this song, Seaweed comes to break out Penny, who's been like tied up in like yeah, who's been, like, tied up in her room by her mom, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, it is really weird. <laughs> Seaweed comes to rescue her. Domestic
1: abuse. <laughs>
0: yeah. Seaweed comes to rescue her, and they announce their love for each other, and they're really cute, and it's a song yeah. that's fun to sing out of context. It's true. Which is what a lot of shows try to do and fail. That yeah.
1: whole accessibility thing. Can we make this a karaoke song? Yeah. So, Hairspray has a lot of that.
0: Seaweed smuggles Penny back to his house, and his mom is immediately like, all right, you two can be a couple. She's like, my mom's gonna kill me, and, and one of the ensembles keeps interrupting, being like, no, she's gonna kill him, which I'm like, yeah. yeah. But we'll get back to that. So, <laughs> Link breaks Tracy out of jail by constructing a blowtorch out of, like, a can of Hairspray and a Zippo lighter, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, and they also show back at Motormouth Maybell's, and she sings about how they're gonna try again, and she sings, I know where I've been, which is like, so the musical is supposed to be fake 60s pop songs, and this is like, a fake like civil rights soul anthem. Yes. And it's just
1: not a good song. It is very long. However, the person who performed it, who I already, was incredible. Her voice was ridiculous.
0: A person who has a really fantastic voice should be given the best, the rather best, than yeah. saying we can just write something and they'll carry it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and Like, I mean, oh, I know where I've been is so emotional, I'm like, I guess it could be if the character really existed outside of two scenes if the show was about that struggle but it's really not it's about Tracy and so it just seems plopped in because it has to be we like I feel like in a workshop somewhere they were like you can't just have segregation and integration as a background topic you have to have an actual narrative about it somewhere and, and instead they were just like alright so then we'll have a
0: song so here's what else is confusing, though. Tracy gets broken out of jail, smuggled into someone else's, like, home yeah. or, like, like business where she can get them in trouble, and immediately says, I have to go back to jail. It's the right thing to do. So that yeah. makes no sense. She has a lot of good qualities. Smart's Smart is not, not one, one of, of them. them. Yeah. yeah. So meanwhile, at the live national TV show, we have the song It's Hairspray, which is a perfectly funny jingle about...
1: How my You favorite song. Buy Hairspray. It's my favorite song of the show. My favorite line is in that show. Well, is it no, during entendre? No, no, it's it's the main one. The only thing better than hairspray is me. <laughs> Forget the milkman. That is a level of self-confidence that I feel every person should have.
0: So, shenanigans proceed. Um, Tracy's dad shows up with a giant hairspray can. And Velma says, like, oh, like, Tracy must be in there, like... Don't let her. She tells guards to shoot her if she tries to emerge from it, which is like, there is a <laughs> teenage girl in there and you run a television station. It's like, you know the governor. So what is going on is there is going to be like a Miss Hairspray and it's going to go to the best dancer. And even though Tracy has been barred from p- appearing on the show, mm-hmm. Amber has to dance to get votes to win. Mm-hmm. And she sings cooties. It's just her bullying Tracy about mm-hmm. how like ugly she thinks she is. Yeah. And it's like, okay, fine, it's a mean song. So it's necessary. in the context of the show and it's necessary. It's not, a, it's, not necessary. it's not. an interesting or fun song. And
1: I, I feel, again, it's like really lazy writing. Like, you, you don't have to, in order to have a fun, light show, you don't have to have two-note characters. That's not how that works. So you have an entire song that's just built on breaking down the main character. But it's not even that good of a song. It's pretty boring. And Tracy's not on stage. Tracy's not on stage. It goes on for a while. I, I hate this song. I, I cannot stand this song. Yeah. Yeah. That's enough of that song. <laughs>
0: um, so then Tracy and Seaweed and company, yeah. um, like break into this they get into the studio corny admits that he knew this was a plan so Mm -hmm. it's like all right you did that good on you corny and we start you can't stop the beat you can't not love you can't stop the beat like say what you will about the (laughs) contents of the song the contents of the show (laughs) it's so fun you just get like a buzz in your brain when you're listening to it
1: no i've heard the
0: song too many damn times too many
1: times it's not the song's fault it's that I had to hear it all the time. Sorry, well, I ended okay. on that note. Well, if we're gonna be, but criti- it is If fun. we're gonna be
0: critical, what I will also say is, I stopped to like read the lyrics without the score because Did you? there's so many. What makes a good song in musical theater is a good relationship between score and lyrics. It's true. And I realized that here the score is carrying the lyrics. Is that there's yes. some that are yes. like fun, but then there's some, it's not just that they're cheesy and they're like, it's okay, it's a big cheesy number. Uh-huh. There's some like, um, they don't even make any sense, like I don't even know the rhythm of two hearts song. in love to stay. Do they mean That's that the hearts line? are staying? Do they mean that they're staying in love? I think, I don't know. And so the song is, it's very long, but it's mm-hmm. stretched out and interspersed by yes. essentially it's the fun. resolution, everything yeah. gets resolved real quick. Like, that's that's what you want to end the show with. Yes, but if we go through it. All right, let's start finding out what happens to all the characters we've been following. Well, let's start with who wins the competition. Mm-hmm. It was going to be Tracy because she shows up and the votes come flooding in. Mm-hmm. And Tracy says, no, Amber can have it. I've learned there are more important things. Link says, you mean me? And she says, well, you, but also going to college to a graduate degree in musicology with a minor in ethnic studies. This is like a throwaway joke where it's like, oh, like Tracy has ambition, it's just like there isn't, like, she would not last one week in graduate school. She would not. Then also Tracy's like, all I want to be able to do is say the Corny Collins show is now and forever more officially integrated. It's like, thanks white girl for being the one to say that. Okay, fine. And so next we find out what happens to Velma, which is she's going to be the line of beauty project products for women of color. Oh, I forgot about that. So you've rewarded her for being the racist villain. It's not comeuppance to be in charge of like marketing to for,
1: black women to like. Oh my god, that's upsetting. Like, yeah. and
0: that was something else that the movie changed was instead Michelle Pfeiffer gets like embarrassed on TV, revealed to be a cheat, loses yeah, the yeah. station, and yeah. it's like,
1: yeah, that's satisfying. Thank and God it, for for productions and movies in general that recognize that there are things that have been done badly
0: moving on link gets a record deal okay fine we still have no reason to care about link other than that it's he's what tracy wants okay prudy shows up tells penny that if seaweed makes her happy she supports their relationship yeah she literally tied her up like a scene before for just being in the same place as black people Yeah. yeah it's it makes no sense and so this is where I'm going to bring in, bring back my three penny thing. Oh my goodness, I'm excited. So, for those of you who don't know, and spoiler, it doesn't matter. The end of Three Penny Opera, our main character, who is like, but we still like him even though he's awful, he's about to be hanged, and last minute, the Queen of England pardons him, and they give him all these things, and like a title, and money, and a pardon, and like everything works out so it's like this deus ex machina that then the characters turn around and you are like, yes, in real life, things don't work out this way. You need to, like, seize social justice and, like, doesn't this ending feel kind of weird to you because it's so unrealistic? So I'm kind of getting the same thing here. It's like there is no conceivable way, for example, of of all the things that go on that Penny's mom, who has been, like, a racist monster the entire show, is going to show up and be like, I just want you to be happy. Maybe we shouldn't even take the ending to be literal at this point. I mean, uh, they're
1: expecting way too much of
0: hairspray. No, 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 like, this is clearly not creator intent. But this is me being, like, it's become so, like, warped and unreal that I'm just sort of like, sure, why not? Anything yeah. can happen. Link and Tracy finally kiss. The hairspray can opens and reveals Edna, who's looking amazing and saying she designed her dress herself and that women yes. should, so. Go, Edna. Go, capitalism. So this, is, so this is her line in You Can't Stop the Beat is... Uh, you can't stop my happiness because I like the way I am and you just can't stop my knife and fork when I see a Christmas ham. So if you don't like the way I look, well, I just don't give a damn. So it's like, okay, not my place to say whether or not that is empowering or like making fun of her, but yes. it certainly falls into some tropes of like, yeah, like she's a fat woman who likes to eat food and that's yeah. fine and is still making it about like about her. her lifestyle choices. Yeah. But she's, she's still great. Show. So, okay, first of all, Motormouth Maybell comes out and sings more about how like racism is gonna end one day. <laughs> There's a, the tomorrow is a brand new day, and it don't know white from black, which is why generally the choreography has the dancers exactly alternated black white black white yes. because if you ha- if you didn't see race, you would just exactly fall out in that pa- in that alternating yes. pattern. So the very last solo we get, who should it go to? Should it go to seaweed? Should it go to probably Tracy because she's pregnant? No. Let's give it to the Van Tussles. That the very yeah. last thing that happens in the show before the sort of like final ensemble dancing number is they incur- everyone goes and encourages the Van Tussle women to like shake it and have some fun. And they say, oh, you know what? We can do that. And they say, oh, we were always just trying to please someone, but now we're going to just have some fun. And it's like you could look at you through that lens but there hasn't been much also to support that perspective of you throughout the musical is for example Velma is someone who very aggressively is getting what she wants. wants. Yeah. That is the end of the musical. Before we get into anything further, I first have to ask what's up with Blood on the Pavement? Mm -hmm. So it was a song that was cut from an earlier production of the show before it came to Broadway and for some reason they just couldn't help themselves and they decided to put it on as a secret track in the Broadway cast recording. So imagine you're just listening there and then if you forget to pause the music you hear pa pa
1: Anyway,
0: that's So first what we'll we'll just briefly go over the Tonys at the Show won. It was not a very good year for musicals. No, it was not. like the other musicals were like Moving Out and Frog and Toad. Yeah. So it not literally swept but it did pretty well. It got musical score, direction, book and then acting awards to Harvey Fierstein, Marissa Jarrett, Renoker and Dick LaTessa uh it also got costume design and lighting which i'm glad it had yeah it had book, really really good outstanding lighting musical um do you have any lyrics that stand out for you either way from this show
1: well my favorite is the um by hairspray it's as good as me line the only thing better than hairspray that's is me <laughs> what a good attitude to have um least favorite line probably anytime amber speaks <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just because she's just spews vile? Yeah, she's vile. just awful. Vile, vile vile. Vile vile. Vile vile. Yes. So I was so sure that my favorite lyric was going to be from You Can't Stop the Beat. Like, if you try to hold me down, I'm going to spit in your eye. But then I realized that it's not that I like the lyrics, it's that I like, like the, the melody. Music. Yeah. So I actually really like the line from the reprise of Good Morning Baltimore when Tracy says, I'll eat some breakfast, then change the world. <laughs> Because what a I, good I just think, and like, and, and also it's that's the beautiful. way she says it, yeah. but it's something that's so much bigger than it sounds of just like, I'm going to do what I need to do and then I'm going to screw things up. I had a harder time picking a least favorite lyric because there yeah. were so many. There were so many. So honorable shout out to maybe the weirdest racist lyric in the show, which is Though the Night is Black as My Skin. Skin?
1: Oh my God. Which is like immediately
0: being like, it's just, like, so misguided and yeah. stupid. Yeah. But the one I'm going with is just lazy writing, which is, come on, you Von Tussles, go on, shake your fanny muscles. The way they sing it, you, like, can't make up the lyrics when you're just listening to the cast running. So I don't want to end this podcast on a negative note, but so this is a show that it was a smash hit. So it was. when you have a smash hit musical like that, everyone all around the world is going to do it. Yes. So I forget And everyone was,
1: all around the world is going to hear it.
0: Right. Because you have things like, there was a production in Italy where they just cast white actors as the whole cast and then put a bunch of the white actors in full blackface. And the creative team had to reach
1: out and be like, guys, this isn't appropriate. The concept of, well, we had to do this musical or like, well, we just had to do it. You don't have to do any musical. There are better musicals
0: to do. There are easier musicals to do because this takes like so much dance, so
1: much like so much, and like a lot of technical stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of There's like lot of
0: costumes, costumes. There's and a lot of
1: ridiculous prop things. Yeah, like which there are you, huge prop stunts.
0: If you're thinking of doing hairspray, and you don't have any black people to be in your show, what's a, what's a
1: musical you would suggest they do instead? Do any do any, guys and do dolls? Do any Jason Robert Brown show? Not Parade. The Pajama Game! The Pajama Game! The Pajama Game!
0: Which is a a show actually we're thinking of covering soon. The Pajama Game is a wonderful show. There's no reference to race. You can cast anyone you want. It's sweet. It's nice. There's a couple songs that like most of the music isn't too difficult to sing. It's accessible. So this is our message to you. If you want to put on hairspray and you only have white people, put on the Pajama Game instead. That's this musical real. did give us some really great actors that we had seen before and not seen before. I mean, this gave us Laura Bell Bundy, gave us Carrie Butler, gave us Matthew Morrison, gave Jackie Hoffman. Yeah, so, Emily, thank you for coming on the show.
1: No problem,
0: Is there a social media thing you have that where you'd be interested in people following you? Um, I mean, you can
1: follow my Twitter. Um, it's aka underscore Quicksilver. I occasionally rant about comics. Sometimes I talk about theater. Sometimes I talk about how tired I am.
0: Thanks for listening to Pick a Little, Talk a Little. You can follow us on Twitter at Paltal Podcast, as in P-A-L-T-A-L. Email us at paltalpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Pick a Little, Talk a Little. We are produced and edited by the incomparable Rachel Jacobs. You can find her at rachel-jacobs.com or on Twitter at WTFRJK. I've been your host, Gabrielle Gazelowitz. I'm at GabrielleGazelowitz.com, which is spelled in a way that you probably wouldn't guess. And I'm on Twitter at Gabi Gazelowitz. so see if you can find me. So until next time, and as they say in ragtime, goodbye, my love. God bless you. And I suppose, bless America too. Let me set the scene for you. You're listening to You Can't Stop the Beat on the original Broadway cast recording, and you're feeling good, your blood is pumping, you're enjoying the song, the song ends, and you're like, yes, and you're just taking a few seconds, not thinking to stop whatever music thing you're playing to just soak it all in, and all of a sudden, you hear this.
1: What the hell
0: was that that I just listened to? So it was a song that was cut from an earlier production of the show before it came to Broadway. So this musical went through a lot of different iterations. There were a ton of songs that they had before and cut in favor of other songs. Yeah. That's where Blood in the Pavement came from. It yeah. was originally followed by the nicest kids in town. Mm. Um and also That makes sense car related. Yes. Apparently, the Miss Hairspray contest was originally Miss Auto Show. Oh, that makes sense because the Von Tussles are have an auto empire, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and there was a in similar song instead of the Hairspray song, there was something called Take a Spin that was auto related. Um, my favorite note on this page actually is that a song was later replaced by the similar positivity. The scene was cut earlier, early in the Seattle triad and was deemed emotionally redundant. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Emotion- that's my favorite thing. That's, kind that's of a note. new subtitle.
0: That was Hairspray, <laughs> Emotionally, Emotionally
1: redundant. redundant.